You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. You, no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Jared Callen. <laughs> How you doing, Brian? Feeling very lonely. It, it's just us. Just us. Because nobody wanted to talk about this. Nobody fucking likes movie. this fucking movie. I don't understand. This is a great movie. It is. I don't. Yeah, but like, no one wanted to rewatch this. Everyone was like, "What? What? What's Robin Hood?" Oh, Kevin Costner. Fuck that movie. <laughs> you see, I, a I piece think... of shit. Fuck it. Like, I think literally why he said, "Oh, fuck that fucking piece of shit." See, I think people need to rewatch it. I mean. It's a really big movie of my childhood, but like, um, I'm not gonna say it was really easy to watch. Uh, it, it is long, yeah, but it's fun, especially the the extended cut, which I had never seen before. So it was actually kind of really interesting to me to 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 see so much more Alan Rickman. Yeah, that's the way it kind of like lived on Blu-ray and DVD for for a long time. Really, though, the extended cut. Yeah, you had to get one of those old cardboard DVD cases that Warner Brothers used to put oh, out, like for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, like, Robin Hood, Prince of the Thieves, if you wanted the theatrical edition, that's the only way you could watch it. Really? Yeah. Of course, now we have Netflix and everything. And yeah, which, yeah. That's how I saw the theatrical version, was uh, was Netflix. I'm going to say the theatrical cut's probably better. I, I think that it, yeah. it takes a lot of the hokiness out of it. Does it? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, dude. All that, all that like, witchcraft shit and, and all the... Uh, you know, Alan That's Rickman d- throwing there. lines that don't don't land. Like, do you really think my parents you know, really wanted you to teach me all this shit? You know, this is like that that little scene. Uh, you know, all that extra little shit. It, it felt like fluff. And but I I did read that it wasn't because it was fluff. It was because um, people were reacting to um, Alan Rickman more than Kevin Costner. And Kevin Costner's like, we got to cut some of him out. Yeah, 
We, we, <laughs> this is my show, motherfucker. That's exactly how it, how it seemed. <laughs> um, and even when Kevin Costner, like, there's a great uh, audio commentary. Well, it's actually not that good. They're actually quiet and watching the movie because they haven't, I guess, seen it in about 10 years. So it's the two Kevins, the director, Kevin Reynolds, and the Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet you they hated that. <laughs> because these motherfuckers, this is what, the second out of the third time they've worked, or fourth. This is their first, right? Uh, no, they've done Fandango. Fandango. What is Fandango? Uh, that's, uh, you know, a, that a coming horse? of age uh, film. No, it's not. Is that the, where you get movie tickets? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, did they? I wonder if they took the name from that film. I don't know. What's the film about? Uh, is it about movies? It's about some people, come, you know, coming. it's a coming of age, midlife I like that. Film. Oh, I guess it's not midlife. I guess they're they're still young. It had to be, because I think he's only, what, in his mid-30s here. Yeah, it was like one of his big first breaks. Hmm. One of his uh, big starring roles. I need to see Fandango. Someone needs to request Fandango. If we're going to request an early Costner film, it needs to be Silverado. That's a good one. I haven't seen that one either, Brian. Oh, I would have much rather watched that than this. But, you know. Who who put this on us? Who did put this on? Uh, I forgot who put this on us. Uh, It was John Rogers, right? Oh, John Rogers. This one goes out to you. No one wanted to watch this movie, John. But I will tell you, John, that this was one of my favorite movies growing up. I even had the, the toys, which I found out were like really shitty toys. Oh, uh, super shitty. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the time, I thought they were badass because there was like a, there was like a, uh, an arrow, in uh, a bow and arrow, and you, it, it would actually fire the arrow. And then, but and and actually, his uh, he was wearing a cloth like tunic, kind of like from the movie. You know, the cloth figure that. looked okay. I had that one. Yeah, the one without the cloth figure, though, that looked like some looks damn like some Frankenstein fucking... <laughs> toy. It was like, hey, look, we're going to take Like the old Star Wars and... toys that are just completely <laughs> shitty. One of those Mego toys. Or, I think they're Mego. Well, I was yeah. reading, it was, it was uh, Sherwood Forest, the play set that they the had done Sherwood from Forest play set. It was a repurposed... Uh, Ewok, in, right? Yeah, well, indoor the, forest play set. Well, yeah, because the, their fucking hideout looks like a fucking Ewok village. It does, but dude, I mean, they... It's. It was literally the exact same thing. They repainted a couple of items. <laughs> but I, like, I was like, "Wait, how did?" I'm gonna save some money spin? on these toys. It's not even really a kids' movie. Kids aren't gonna watch this. <laughs> and here I am in the back of my. You know, I'm. I'm like, let's see. This came out in '91. Yeah. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I was like six, seven, when this came out. I was nine. Perfect for this. I saw this in theaters. You saw this in theaters. Yeah. You had the coolest parents, man. My parents like. Really, I thought like, the only, the only like everybody saw this in theaters. No, man, I saw it on HBO. The only, um, the only movie I remember seeing as a kid in the theaters was Home Alone, and my parents did not take me to that. Somebody else took me to it. Really? Yeah. I ain't go to no fucking movies, Brian. No, I saw Home Alone <laughs> in the theater at least twice, at least. Oh man, yeah, that was a big, that was a big deal when that came out. That was huge. Yeah, it, t- it taught all kinds of kids to be little shits. <laughs> This is how do you protect your home from Joe Pesci? What do you think? Why do you think the millennials are the way they are? It's fucking John Hughes and, and Home Alone. Well, that's deep and loaded. <laughs> I don't even know what to say or how to respond to that, Jerry. Fucking Look, Home Alone, fucking all these kids out of here. Look, <laughs> Look, there's no one else here to back me up this time, but you know what? I'm, I'm so this time since I've got more airtime, I'm going to start laying out some of my ideas. <laughs> First. John Hughes ruined America. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. The man gave us the breakfast club now. I mean, come on. You know, we all got a fist pump and freeze frame. You know, it just feels good. Somebody was telling me that the John he- that, that the breakfast club library was built in a gym. You know, that wasn't I, a real library. I, I, I believe that. That's crazy, right? Is it? I don't know. 
It's been a while since I've seen... I mean, I haven't seen any of those John Hughes movies. Maybe we need to do a John Hughes month and we'll cry a lot and shit. Watch Pretty in Pink. Yeah. 16 Candles. Uh, what else did he do? Did he do Pretty in Pink? He did. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure. Like I said, it's been a while. I have not seen any of those. And you know, The one I've probably watched the most is uh, Ferris Bueller. That's probably the best. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. Broderick's really good in that. Yeah. Him talking and delivering... All that shit to the camera, just so perfect, and yeah, he's good. What happened to him? He got fucking old, dude, and he still looks like a baby. And it's like, what are we gonna do with this guy? It's like the dude from uh, the Sixth Sense. It's like he still looks like he's twelve, but he's fifty. What are we do? And he's blown up a little bit. We already made Benjamin Button. We don't have any other parts for this guy. Um. Uh, speaking of like the way that people look, when I was when I watched this movie uh, as a young kid, um, the actors were like our age, and I remember yeah. like like our age now, and I remember looking at this going, man, these these are old these are old people these are old people, and I was watching this and I was like, how old is Kevin Costner like in this at this point? And now you know you know you called around that point, and I looked looked it up and it was he's like thirty five thirty six in here, which is how old I am, and I'm sitting there going, damn, I'm getting old. Damn, I still don't look as good as I Kevin Costner. I don't look Costner. as good as Kevin Costner. Do you think he was using 30s. a body double in some of that stuff? Yeah. Like, especially in that ass shot? Is oh, that, is yeah, that his ladies. Ass? Yeah, that's not Kevin Costner's ass. Is Sorry. it not? Yeah. Wh- I know. What's that about? Why, why didn't that was he? Cool and, well, uh, it was supposedly because the water was too cold. But that guy could do it. I don't know if Kevin Costner was making a joke on the audio commentary or. He's like, I didn't want my dick to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know what happens if you jump into cold water, right? Your dick just disappears, and I'm, I, don't, I don't have, have it. I don't have time to find that thing, later. guys. I don't, I don't want to get out of the the cold water with a little little winky, and you know, I mean, what if somebody snaps a picture? I mean, then it's gonna be all over Cosner. people. I'm gonna do the postman. <laughs> you gonna love it? <laughs> water world. Oh no! <laughs> Wouldn't have done that movie. Uh, it's true. I bet he uh, he jumped in the water on that one though. I guess he wasn't naked. Yeah. Maybe the, they, they heated the water. See, mm-hmm. mm. that was an actual ocean though, too. So, well, you think the water would be cold, colder there? Fuck it, they just, yeah. just being a pussy, man. Just jump in the water. Show uh, Mary, <laughs> whatever long last name, uh. <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Mastri Antonio. <laughs> no, you're missing a syllable in that last name. Is, is it? I thought yeah. it was. Uh, it was. Is it not Mastri Antonio? Well, there, there's another syllable in there. You're Mastri, missing. Mastri Antonio. Mastrio Anna and Antonio. Oh, is it? <laughs> so there, oh, there's man. another. There's another. Oh, like, there's another diddle in there. I love her from the Abyss. That's yeah. what I'll always. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't remember much about the Abyss. I need to see the Abyss again. But uh, I love her in this. Even though her her character, I think she's really good in this. I think that like they set her character up to be kind of like a badass. Like she's like a ninja. You know, she's like all in black and stuff, and it shows that Marion can fight. Oh, but that then, first but, scene. yeah, but yeah. then like they completely abandon that. Oh, dude, that is gone. <laughs> like, it took me a while. I was like, what, "What the fuck are you talking about, bro? She's a badass." I was like, "Oh yeah, no, she right. was, man. Okay, yeah, the, she, her intro scene. Her intro scene. Uh, up, you know, up until he found her weakness, which is like fire. fire. But like, you know, <laughs> candles, not like a whole fire. Like, <laughs> it's a candle." But anyways, you know, as, as long as she's away from fire, she can kick some ass, especially if she's in that light, tight, like leather suit. I like it when like uh, her her lady in waiting comes out and she, she oh, tries yeah. to pretend to be Maid Marian. He's, he's like the years have been kind. <laughs> he's like, he's I, just like, wait, wait, you gave some weight, girl. <laughs> this isn't uh, how I remembered. I thought we was going to maybe be romantic. I don't know. <laughs> Did you catch that new thing called diabetes is going around. 
<laughs> we say it diabetes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like her though. Um, even like at the end, like uh, who the uh, the her lady? No, her, not her, the like, lady her, like, in waiting. Her lady uh, waiting. Like, Mary Elizabeth Mosque Antonio. Like oh. her, her, um, her scream when she she does the Robin scream. Robin! Dude, that that just so been so. Oh, forever. dude, yeah. There are things in this movie that have been etched in my brain that will be there forever, and it, I, I wish we'd have done the podcast without me watching it so I could prove it. But like, you know, there's just like, yeah, there's like these sounds that just like that that happen. There was a rich man in Nottingham who tried to cross the river. Oh, what a dope! He tripped on a rope. Now look at him shiver. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like it's in your brain forever. Yeah. To the trees! To the trees! <laughs> but cousin, why a spoon? It's dull, it'll hurt more, you twit. It's excellent, man. Why was Alan Rickman calling everybody a twit in this fucking movie? I think that they uh, needed to throw some uh, English slang in there to, to remind you. Is that, is that time period appropriate? I don't twit? think so. Uh, yeah, it just seemed, I don't know, that, that seemed weird. A little out I, of place. I think that they're just doing whatever they want. You know, it doesn't, it, it's, even though it's 800 years ago, they didn't know how to use uh, gunpowder at that time. Uh, you didn't oh, know yeah. how to do That's a true. C-section at that time. Um, <clears throat> there are just things that, that they threw into this film that totally, you know, it, it doesn't matter. That it doesn't really match up with, with the time period. Can you imagine doing a C-section out there in the middle of that fucking forest? There's like, well, like what are they using that's sterile? Nothing. There is nothing sterile. That's nothing. The only thing sterile in this movie is the witch's spit. <laughs> oh, nasty. <laughs> oh, that's rough, man. I don't know. Maybe Friar Tuck, it, maybe his spit with all the alcohol he's drinking. Or mead. Isn't that what he, yeah, that's what he's drinking. He had mead. His character eludes me as well. Like, why do they trust this guy? I kind of hate his character in this movie. Yeah, he's terrible. He, actually, he has the best kill in the movie. Oh, yeah. He has the most enjoyable kill with the, the priest. Like, his his whole thing, you know, which he kind of oddly kind of redeems himself a little bit because, I don't know, it's just really weird. Like, like he, <laughs> it's, they're, you know, he's supposed to be a holy man, a man of the cloth or whatever, and he's a fucking drunkard and, and you know, doing whatever he can just to be around the alcohol. Even when he's doing sermons, they're about alcohol. Yeah, and I don't really understand why he joins th- these people out in the forest. Like, where else is he going to go? I guess they're just not going to let him go. So he's like, well, I guess I'll teach you guys how to, you know, brew beer for brew Jesus. Beer. <laughs> it's like, uh, hashtag okay. Beer, hashtag brew for, brew for Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> what would Jesus do? Well, let me tell you. A little bit of that hops goes a long <laughs> ways, okay? So, yeah I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about Friar Tuck in this movie. I mean, I like him. It, it's good comical relief. Um, and the actor's doing a good job. But I just like how the character's written on this. You know, I think that's the weak link of this movie is the writing <laughs> and the and the direction. I think Kevin Reynolds, like he he's really he's really good at the adventure stuff. But I don't know if like I don't know if the good guy and the the heroes and the villains. I don't know if their two stories go together all the time. They don't feel like they're in the same movie all the time. Like Alan Rickman feels like he's a villain from a from a different adventure film, one that's a little bit goofier. You know he's he's playing over the top, but he's also super dark. You know, um, is he? I mean, the only time I ever like even felt threatening from him was at the end when he kills a uh, guy of Gisborne, his uh, his cousin. Oh man, that's great. That's that's a little dark. You it's know, good steel. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, man, Alan Rickman's so fucking good in this movie, dude. You know, but uh, see, Over the top I, I'd never seen the, uh, the, the extended cut with all the stuff that they cut out of him. And I think he's really good in this movie. But you see, he's not as good in those scenes that they cut out. Like it doesn't, the, the performance doesn't feel as strong, which is another thing. Maybe, maybe that you know, I think the movie helped. It, well, it helps they, the movie to cut all that shit out. Yeah, well, they, they, those are like kind of serious moments where he figures out that that uh, was it more. Oh, he t- uh, like the, oh, the, the, uh, the Mortiana, 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 Mortiana. <laughs> <laughs> she's, uh, she reveals that she's the mom. I have seen our deaths. <laughs> and he, the he, painted man. <laughs> God damn it! I got so tired of hearing that shit. The painted man, like, oh come on, give it up. I've a seen audits. We heard it five five times. Then he's enough. Why did God paint you? But <sighs> why did God paint me? <laughs> <laughs> the the mom thing. I don't. The, Alan Rickman's reaction when he finds out that she, she's the mom. He he does seem like that's just like kind of earth crushing to him. And I didn't. I didn't really understand why. Look Is at her, bro. She's a freak. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, oh he's my so god, vain. what the fuck am I? You know, Is that what it's supposed to be. And the way they shoot that with that extreme like fisheye lens, like all up in their face, shit's getting real at that moment. Is that that? That's that moment, right? Yeah, that is that yeah, moment. Yeah, you're right. It's really strange. They use the same. It's the same weird fisheye lens that they, you know, super wide lens up close that they did uh, when he killed his cousin, Guy Gisborne. It got to his face right there oh, too. You're right with that same wide lens. Even when he comes into the room the first time, uh, oh, you're right, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. They do do that fish islands thing a lot. Cinematography was it's the same. It was good. It's the same guy who shot um, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, yeah, which is like pretty damn cool. Milsom, I forget what his first name is, fucking Doug or something. But yeah, uh, yeah, he was like a cameraman for uh, Kubrick on all those Kubrick movies, and he worked his yeah. way up. I he, don't know. he was also cool. on G and E on uh, Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Which is weird. Wow. <laughs> oh, I mean, dude, I, I couldn't even imagine like the production. Like You're talking about like a movie star at the peak height. Like, of, what, of, this movie? Uh, well, of Kevin Costner. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he'd already had a bunch of hits with No Way Out. He had The Untouchables, Dances with the Wolves. He won two Oscars for that. What, Best Director and Best Picture. Mm-hmm. That movie was a Western, and it made like over 180-some million dollars. Just in the United States, it's like, what the fuck? How does that happen? And this is his next movie. I mean, just at the top, dude. Yep. Had nowhere to go but down, which he did. So what do you think of him in this role? I don't know, man. He's fine. I think, I don't know. Kevin Costner does have that everyman charisma that I think is, he's fine in almost every performance I've ever seen him. Mm -hmm. He's rarely great. You know what I mean? I think he's great in JFK. He's great in No Way Out. But in here, he's just kind of, you know, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't hate him like everybody. I like. I didn't give a fuck about the accent. Like everyone's like, well, why didn't you? Why didn't you're in Britain? What? what where's the English accent? You know, even um, even Christian Slater was trying. Our father loved you. Uh, our father loved you more than me. He, he he even has a little edge on there. But yeah, he's dropping his Jack Nicholson thing. Yeah, <laughs> but he had Heather's my hand. <laughs> he recovered from that hand really quickly. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's a montage there, so you know. Well, we don't really know how long that that's is. Right, there could have been some time. That love of him getting shot in the hand. That, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's just all it's, super it's, it's one, easy camera tricks. It's one of the best. Uh, one of the best like moments in the movie. Yeah, 
It's it's just a shot of uh, well, I mean, the close up is is of Kevin Costner getting ready to draw the arrow. Then there's a shot of him actually shooting an arrow, and it whip pans, and then it cuts to another, the camera op, and he's whip panning t- to Christian Slater with the arrow already in his hand, and he just brings his hand down. And you can actually see if you go frame by frame, but man, it's just it's cut on all the motion, and it just looks flawless. It looks like one shot almost. Yeah, it does. Um, <clears throat> nice. There's Very nice. Some of this arrow stuff, I don't know how they're doing. Like, I mean, you actually see arrows like fly through the air and stick into people and shit. Like, how are they doing some of this stuff, Brian? Oh, I mean, a lot of those arrows, like the ones with the arrows, like down to the lower third, and you can see it like moving through. That's just somebody like had shot in a plate, um, like they did. Uh, what's the third uh, Star Wars film? I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> There's so many of them, I don't know. Oh my god, you talking about Return of the Jedi? Or are Return you talking about? Jedi. Okay, okay, I don't yeah, know if you're you talking know, about Revenge of the, the Sith. The speeder bike. Oh wait, which one? God damn it! The, the speeder bike chase where they're, shit. <laughs> they're going through indoor. You know, you just, you just have a guy with a steady cam and you shoot a plate, right? Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, you comp the arrow in. But they they did a good job with that arrow because uh, you know it's not just static there. They're actually like moving it up in frame and twisting it to make it look like it's got some motion to it. Well, they do some crazy shit in this movie. Um, <clears throat> apparently, there's a uh, shots are great. Apparently, there's a there's uh, the scene where he hits the dude with the crossbow under the tree when he saves a kid who you know from. Oh yeah, he kind of like breaks that dude's nose in his helmet. Yeah, but apparently there's plexiglass there. And you can see it in the shot. It's it's in between the actor. It's it's in between the actor, and uh, so that you know that way they could get it as close as possible when they cut. Did not notice yeah, it, man. Apparently, it's there. I need to go back and, and watch that and see if that's in there. But apparently, you can you can see the reflection of the crossbow when it hits. Huh. A little bit of uh, what, movie, what, movie magic. What's the Raiders of Lost Ark? And that yeah, exactly. The, the yeah, yeah, King yeah. When he, see, when he sees the snake, yeah, exactly. Again, what? Yeah. God damn, bro. I feel like we're going to bring up Jedi this entire time. But when, <laughs> when Harrison Ford's running away from indoor and the uh, place blows up, you can see the reflection of yeah. the plexiglass there, too. So, but I think they've removed that in those special editions. They probably removed it in the, in the version that I saw the, uh, yesterday of this. Because I definitely... I, I didn't know about it until after I watched it, but it's something I want to go look for. I did like all the Arrow stuff. I liked all the action stuff in the movie. I thought all of it was really well done. Yeah, they did a damn good job. Yeah. I was really impressed with the the catapults, like those just the giant balls of fire that they had going through the fucking air. I thought that was really impressive. The catapults don't make any sense, Brian. Well, you like you know you're gonna follow Duncan. Duncan like uh, hears everything that's going on, and he's gonna you know get on in a horse that apparently knows how to get him back to Sherwood Forest <coughs> and lead everyone there. But they just happen to be pushing <laughs> catapults through the fucking forest. Through the dense forest. Dude, he, he couldn't hear anything over his, uh, you know, the, the cantaloupes and the uh, the hoofs that were... Uh... <laughs> yeah, <you> t- <laughs> this does have some Monty Python-esque moments in it. <laughs> like when they're uh, leaving Jerusalem, like they're getting out of the, they're getting out of this hole in the ground and Kevin Costner's like, oh man, I've been dreaming about freedom for five years. And then right when he says that, his buddy gets shot with an arrow. <laughs> it's like it's hilariously timed yeah it's like oh dude yeah that was great it's obviously a set like it looks super set oh, right yeah, there it does yeah. the moon looked terrible the moon looks really bad and, and they yeah. and they punch in right there to the guy i wish they, they i wish they would have just kept that in a wide instead of like cutting into the guy shooting the arrow just let that because you can see him standing back there and if you saw the yeah. arrow coming in i think it would have been it would have played better but you know you always people always want to cut around but yeah just punching it up there by that moon just makes it look really bad 
Yeah, they, man, they had a lot of sloppy editing in the beginning. There's a even when Morgan Freeman's like at one point at calling him like, hey, Christian, Christian, <laughs> come here and cut my ties or my bonds or whatever. Free. <laughs> yeah. There's a moment where like he yells Christian at him and like he's, he's got his hands in front of him, but in his close up shot, his hands are back behind the walls. And it's just like, man, we're just throwing continuity. Just all, all out of here. There's a shot where like after his buddies turned and like, you find out it's Marion's brother and he, he's giving him a, uh, Robin of Loxley, the ring. Morgan Freeman shot where he's like turning around to look at him. That man, dude, that's that same. Sh- it's it's a reverse. Oh, really? Yeah, you like you see him turn around, and that's a reverse. And then you see, like there's a cutaway of uh, the two guys, and then you see Morgan Freeman again, and he turns around. And it's like, oh, hey, look, it's the same shot. It's the same shot. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They they must have had some uh some problems. Well, that's not my. That's not the coverage. worst part of that scene. The, the worst part of that scene is. Where is he keeping that ring, Brian? They've been in that jail for for five years. Dude, you saw Pulp Fiction, right? You know where he's keeping that ring. That's a big, gnarly-looking ring, man. Dude, it's smaller than a watch. No, it's not. Did you see, uh, dude? It's it is it, it is longer than than your from your knuckle to from your knuckle on your you know to your first knuckle. It's that big. It was that big. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm saying it's it's still smaller than a watch. Okay. It's just not round. <laughs> so it won't be as studded with all those like you know red that's why that, that's why those things those are diamonds normally but they're red covered in blood from being jammed with that dude's ass for five years <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and how he got it out so quickly he's like robin wait <laughs> and he's gonna shit this ring out real quick while i'm dying <laughs> Ooh, there is a diamond in the rough <laughs> Ooh. Oh man! <laughs> He's like your brother. Your brother Peter gave me gave me this ring. I, you might want to soak that in vinegar for a while. Um. <laughs> oh like, man! He gave you his anal ring. You <laughs> <laughs> must have been really serious. I didn't know you two were that close. <laughs> <laughs> oh <clears throat> man! Mm. <laughs> What's the fruit that they were eating as soon as they got out? I don't know. It's some kind of melon. No, no, I have no idea what that was. It's a really weird fruit. It had like big seeds in it. Yeah, some kind of honeydew melon or something, something like that. It's like soft though, like a squash. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Was it, didn't he like break it across? Yeah, it, it's like it's like yellow on, leg, on the outside, right? but it has like a like a like a squash like interior. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I just assumed it was like some kind of honeydew melon, some weird Middle Eastern fruit. Man, what do you guys got over there in Drum well, What's happening over there? What kind of fruit is that? You ain't got no bananas? <laughs> no oranges? Hell. Oh, man, I went to the grocery store. They had some dragon fruit. I'm like, man, you don't need to. Dragons aren't real. You ain't got to <laughs> feed them fruit. <laughs> Dumbasses. Oh, all right. Yes, ignorance can be fun. Um, I guess we should go over a couple of things here. Um, you got a list? I, yeah, I do. We did, we did talk about there were two edits of the film, but uh, this was the second highest grossing movie of 1991 after Terminator 2. Really? Had a production budget of 48 million dollars. I thought it was 80. 48. Unless I wrote it down backwards and it's 84. Yep, 48 million dollar budget. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, good. I did hopefully I didn't get dyslexic. That was my dyslexia. Numbers. I'm sorry. <laughs> my my brain thinking back. I was like, "Why? I thought there was an 8 in there." That's still pretty impressive. Uh, made 165 million uh, United States and 390 million total worldwide. So, this is a big fucking hit, man. Yeah, this is a real deal. And goddamn, that Brian Adams song was fucking everywhere this summer of '91, dude. Man, it's a great song. 
I, I think it's the first song I ever remember actually being sick of hearing on the radio. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a while there, man. That, I'll rock out oh, to this song all day long. Celine Dion and, from Ty, uh, what's that Titanic song? She's, my Heart Will Go On. Oh, my God, yeah, bro. Fuck that fucking song. forever, dude. Forever heard that shit <laughs> on the radio. Yeah, and when we cover Titanic, I'm going to be playing that nonstop. I just want that in like in a loop behind the behind the podcast. Just keep playing that same song over and over again. Dude, I was confused. I was like, how did this song? How did this not win best song at the Oscars? You know why it didn't win best? Because there was something better. Fucking Beauty and the Beast came out this year. Oh well, yeah. <clears throat> you can't. Uh, those are unstoppable songs on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they had like three songs uh, for the film nominated: uh, Beauty and the Beast, Be My Get, Be Our Guest, and I forget what the third one. And- Beast. That right, one man. over this song? Come on, man. That's, that's a pretty good song. No, man. Uh, but it doesn't have that, like, there's no love like your love, and no other <laughs> could give more love. There's no. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it just keeps building at the end of this song, man. And, if, and the music video. I love how you're getting into this so much. Like, they can't see how you're, like, really belting here, man. Yeah, brother. oh, dude, and that, like, slow guitar <laughs> solo that's in that song. This is it, like, uh, dude. It is a good song. It's a good song. And at the end, of, at the end of the solo, he just he breaks breaks that same line down again. He's like, you can't tell me it's not worth fighting for. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <clears throat> you know, I know it's true that everything I do, Brian, I do it for you. Do it for you. Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> Man, someone needs to cover that song these days and, and put it out like with an EDM like you know feel or. Do some kind of weird, like, acoustic know, folk version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't hear that do much anymore. We can do something neat. I mean, what, what the hell's Brian Adams up to? I mean, sorry, oh, sorry, not Ryan Adams. What's Brian Adams up to these days? How about that pissed Brian Adams off when Ryan Adams came out? I don't even know who the, f- who the fuck is Ryan Adams. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is that? You don't know who Ryan Adams is? No. Who is that? Am I supposed to know this one? You are. Well, he. D- I think he, just, he, he got me too'd, so maybe, uh, maybe he's not relevant anymore. He got me too'd? Yeah, some people came out and said that he was super creepy and shit, and doing some sh- doing some creepy shit like like people do. Okay, so Ryan Adams' top song. Oh, he he did that cover of Wonderwall that's really big. Uh, Oasis song. The Oasis song. He did a cover of that. That's really? like massive. Yeah, that's that's one of his biggest things. Yeah, you know, it's gotta suck to be an artist and like your biggest thing you're known for is a fucking well, no, cover no, of somebody no. else's so song. So that, that's the. Uh, if I, I just went to Apple Music and then it says Wonderwall is two and number one is. That's that even sounds like Wonderwall. What is that? This is number one song, Bad Blood. So that's Ryan Adams, which is not oh. Brian Adams, which is uh, you know, way cooler. That sounds like Savage Garden. <laughs> it does sound like Savage Garden. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Oasis crossed with Savage Garden. Oh, dude, getting like a '90s flashback of music here. Yeah, man. Oh, you know what? <coughs> After we get done listening to this and that Celine Dion song, then we can oh, go into nice. that uh, Aerosmith. Uh, what was that fucking... Uh... You talking about from, from fucking Armageddon? Yes, what was that one? <laughs> oh my God, bro. That was for... Oh, I don't want to miss a thing. That's what it was, right? I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Holy crap. You know, I don't want to miss one kiss. <laughs> Damn. I just want to be with you right here with you. 
just like this. Most overplayed I just want to hold movies. you close. <laughs> Feel your heart so close to mine. And we'll stay here words? in this moment. Oh my God. <laughs> this, is, this is what's in your brain, Jerry. This is taking well, up space in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to close my eyes. Oh, we're at break point. I don't want to uh, fall what? asleep, Brian. Because I still miss you, babe. Jared's going to sing us and out. And I don't want to miss a thing. And what's really weird about that scene is that he's singing the song for his daughter's sex scene with Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. With the is. animal crackers. And yeah. he's like, he's like, what if we just, what if the animal cracker went in underneath your panties? He's like, what if the animal went underneath your panties? Can I still eat it if it goes underneath your panties? <laughs> it's a bear. <coughs> going under there. <laughs> Woo. Uh, I think we've gone way off topic, but we have, you know, it happens. Well, you know, we're we're talking about, you know, famous, you know, songs go with, you know, these movies. (laughs) Oh, fuck. You know what? I'm talking about another Kevin Costner one. Uh, Whitney Houston, the bodyguard. Ooh, another huge song with that. Mm. Dude, there there, there were a lot in the nineties, man. Man, the bodyguard. That's a good one. Yeah. That was his last real big super hit. Wasn't he also like in the Marvel movies or something? Didn't he do that? (laughs) No, he, know, he, did, he was in. He, he's also, Superman. He's Superman's dad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. My bad. He got sucked up by a fucking tornado. <laughs> so stupid, bro. So fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there watching that in the theater. I was just like, "What the fuck is happening? What? This is what you motherfuckers came up with? God, you did this to Mr. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you?" That's the only character you can do that with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I think we need to take a break and get back. Uh, get back on track. Yeah. We're going to play the trailer for Robin Hood, Goods of Thieves. That'll help me. We'll be back. A time of war. Homecoming. A time of tyrants. A time when the only way to uphold justice was to break the law. the people the courage to fight. Prince of Thieves. 
All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a trailer. It was a trailer. They had Costner's ass shot. Yeah, fuck in yeah. In the trailer. Come see, come see Kevin naked. Ladies, please. Mm, gay men. Mm, all of you are drooling. It reminded me that uh, there's a lot of, like, slapping things with swords in this. Like, meaning that, like, slap the, the horses with it. <clears throat> like, they're cutting oh, yeah. the horse, you know. And then when Robin's riding away, when she's like, they're stealing my horse! He, like, smacks her on the ass with his sword as he goes by. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> he does do that. Well, you know, the horse makes sense, uh, you know. I, I, that's I'm a nice just saying they're very they're, very they're very com- confident in getting that flat side of that sword. Aren't swords sharp? Well, you know they, just, they it's their you know it's their everyday tool they just have on them. It's just an it, they don't even, they don't even notice it. The sword's just part of your hand. Dude, look, this guy escapes jail. All right, him, <laughs> him and his more friend, great hair, <laughs> and, they, <laughs> great and then all of a sudden they show up in England and they just automatically have swords. Like, how did they get them? Well, I think it takes like seven months to go by a ship or some shit, you know? Like It took them four. Did they, did they say four? Yeah, it says four months later. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I, I can't read. Um. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm not expecting you to remember that detail, Jared. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. <laughs> it really does not matter in the movie whatsoever. I don't even know why they put it up. They well, it's going to let you know that it took some time. You know, they got they got cleaned up. They got really cool new clothes with that that got all bedazzled and you know. Yeah, right. The costumes are amazing in this. <laughs> the are costumes not, are excellent. Yeah, they're very nineties, but it works well. Everybody's got nineties hair. Yeah, especially uh, Morgan Freeman, um, uh, Maid Marian, and uh, Robin. They Chris all have later. great. Oh, you like his outfit too? No, I'm saying his, his hair. He, he's all '90s out with this. Oh yeah, he is. He, yeah, did he have something in his contract where he had to have the luscious locks going? I just think that's what he looked like then. Yeah, but they could have given him a different haircut in this movie. <laughs> Everyone else has got like a you know uh, a time appropriate haircut. I did think it was weird that Christian Slater and uh, and Kevin Costner were clean shaven, like super clean shaven in this movie. Yeah, they really stood out because they were like. They're the only ones that were really clean shaven. Everyone else had beards well, or brothers. stubbles. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying they can't grow hair? Well, you know, they you know it wouldn't really look like brothers if uh, Christian Slater had a beard. I don't, I don't really know if he can grow a beard that well. So they were like, okay, well, if Robin's going to have a beard, then well, Scarlet's got to have a beard because they're brothers. And they were like, but Christian Slater can't grow a beard. So they were like, all right, Kevin, I, I know that you know we're going to have to not do the beard thing. And he's like, damn it. Man, it would have been a way better. I mean, look, 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 look at the, <laughs> look at the newer Robin Hood movie. Oh, wait, movie. Which one are you talking about? You talking about the Russell Crowe or the the Russell Crowe one? Because there was a newer one that came out like a couple years ago. Oh, oh there's Jamie, another one, right? Yeah, with Jamie Fox and uh, Jamie Fox Robin Hood. No, <laughs> I, I guess he's playing the Morgan Freeman role, and they're in the he's a Zim or, or whatever his name is. I don't know. I didn't see it. Um, the kid that. <sighs> Who was the kid that was in Kingsman? That's the actor that's... Uh, is he Robin Hood? He's Robin Hood. No. Yeah. I guess, I guess if I guess if uh, Kevin Costner can be Robin Hood, so can he. But you were saying that there were a bunch of Robin Hoods out at this time in well, 91. Okay, so they, 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 I guess multiple studios were all trying to get Robin Hood projects off the ground. Uh, 20th Century Fox had one, and they actually hired John McTiernan. Oh, really? To direct it. Yeah. Now, this would have been... This was right before he got Hunt for Red October off the ground. So, uh, late 80s, this yeah. would have been. And uh, Kevin Costner, um, they sent him the script. 
try uh who was it it was morgan creek when they when they got this movie off the ground and their script was a little bit more complete and they hired kevin reynolds to direct it who was friends with kevin costner so they kind of stole kevin costner because they're both kevins yeah it's just like a natural pull yeah they exactly the you know the same name thing yeah yeah wait what (laughs) (laughs) what are we talking about no it's just the thing um, but yeah, and then apparently like TriStar also was competing, and then they just never they never got their script done. I'll tell you what, it's I, weird how that happens though. Yeah, and I, I really like that Kevin Reynolds directed this because uh, he was also the uh, second unit director for one of my favorite movies. Um, it's called White Water Summer. Oh, Kevin Bacon and Sean With Kevin Astin. Bacon, the Kevin Bacon, Sean Astin, John. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah, and that and that's one of the classic movies that actually ends on a freeze frame and yellow credits, which I love. It's very eighties. Um, <laughs> that is so eighties. <laughs> it's like the definition of film in eighties. Freeze, freeze frame, yellow credits. <laughs> Woody Allen did that in the eighties. Oh. oh man, no doubt. Man, oh, okay, I did not know he did second unit on that. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I love that. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. He was kind of like just starting, you know, in the 80s. Right. Just getting going. White water, somber. I need to rewatch that. It's been forever. That's great, man. Kevin Bacon plays an asshole really well. Like, just creepy, you know. That's how I remember it, but I also remember, like, Sean Astin being kind of like a, kind of a douche in that movie as well. Uh, no, I, th- I think he plays the, you know, he, he's the... Like a super, like, shut-in nerd, right? Yeah, but then he has to, like, step up and, like, take take control. He gets picked on and shit by... Um, Kevin Bacon's character and stuff because he's a pussy. And then Kevin Bacon gets hurt? Uh, Kevin Bacon, I think he ends up breaking his leg or something like that, right? And they end up having to like get him out of there. Yeah, I remember he, him. They, 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 there was a decision they the had to, either they have to like kill him, but basically like, fuck you, dude, we can like, we can like. Wait, wait, did you just say that they have to make a decision whether to kill him? I'm telling you, like he, he went bad or something, he went evil or something, and then they end up. I, like, I don't remember that. I think so. Am, I, am I remembering this movie wrong? I saw it only on television. I never rented that or anything. I never saw the uncut. Maybe they I were guess like, "We need to do Whitewater Summer." At fucking some point. murder Kevin Bacon in his. Sleep. You know, we we need to finish our Kevin Bacon series. <laughs> we could throw the River Wild in there as well. Yeah, and there you go. Now we just need to come up with some other Kevin Bacon uh, water movies. I'm sure we can we can come up with something. Oh, Jared's thinking. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any. Kevin Bacon was in JFK, also starring Kevin Costner. Yep, there we go. We brought it back around. Because Kevin uh, Bacon stars in everything. Well, he's at least, you know, associated. Yeah, we do the five degree thing. Well, he's, he's just in so many ensemble casts. Anyway, back to back to Robin. We need to talk about the score for this movie. Michael Kamen from the uh, Metallica S&M uh, fame uh, really did an amazing job. <laughs> Wait, he's, he, he's famous for that? <laughs> Dude, he is famous for this score. This score is fucking amazing. Yes, the score is amazing. Yeah, like this is like top fifty score. Like, if if you have a list of fifty greatest score, this is gonna be on that list. And if it's not, your list is wrong. This this score makes this movie better than what it is. Yeah, absolutely. This score elevates these scenes to like like chills and memories, like to dig into your brain. That that this this movie proves the power of the score. And the power of theme. This movie not only just like scores the movie, it builds very, very strong themes that it continues to bring back multiple times that like once you've already had a great moment with this theme in the score, then we bring it back later and now we're remembering. You you know what I mean? And then every time you hear it again, it makes you it's kind of like hearing Indiana Jones. If you hear the Indiana Jones theme, it puts you in the moment. This this the score in this movie does the exact same thing. But the funny thing about the score in this movie is when I look back on it. Yeah. 
my brain instantly goes to the Back to the Future score. Uh, there's there's a little run in this score that for some reason takes my brain to that, which is very uh, interesting. Okay, no, yeah, I can kind of see it. Yeah, in that little thing, I, I get it. the which I've heard that way more in my life, even though this was one of my favorite movies as well. So these these scores are like battling themselves in my brain. I think I do like Back to the Future better though. That that is the better score. That's a good score. It's a better movie. Oh, maybe that's what it is. It's just a better movie, mm. not the second one, but you know. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Jared's like, okay, okay, all right. Uh, yeah. I don't want emails. Uh, let, let's, let's, let's be specific here. <laughs> yeah, let's be very specific here. Because, you know, they should have done a part two to this. What? What, what are you going to tell? They're going to dig up uh, Sheriff Nottingham's body or something? <laughs> or they're going to bring uh, bring in uh, Prince John that they completely fucking cut out of this version of the, the Robin Hood story. That motherfucker's just gone. Yep. Not here. But, uh, I, you know, I'm okay with it because this movie's yeah. already fucking long enough. I don't think we need anything else. We barely got uh, King Richard at the end. Oh, yeah. That was a nice Sean Connery cameo. Yeah, Sean Connery. He played Robin Hood. Robin and Maid, uh, or is it just Robin and Mary? Robin and Maid Mary? I forget what the name of the movie is. But he played Robin Hood, and he's, like, old, like, after he's gone to another crusade. Like, after he's already saved Sherwood Forest and everything, and then he comes back to Maid Marion, and I forget the actress. Audrey Hepburn played her. Really? Yeah. Is it good? Eh, it's slow. She's it's like, okay. She's like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> That's kind of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why not a lot of people talk about it now, but, you know, hey, there you go. Wow. Little Sean Connery connection. You know, he made $250,000 for two days of filming, which I don't know what took two days to shoot with him. I know, right? But $250,000... Uh, for two days, it's pretty insane. But apparently, he did donate to charity. He does that. Yeah, he's he's a he's a cool cat like yeah. that. He's like Robin Hood. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> takes from the rich and gives it to the poor. He's like this being a Robin Hood movie, <laughs> I shall donate my money to charity because sure I need that. a tax write off. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Motherfucker's like, I made my millions. If I make any more, the tax bracket Hold. will be higher. <laughs> I object. <laughs> I don't want to get me in the Bill Gates tax bracket. <laughs> he gave away his salary for uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Really? Yeah. He's like, I don't need this money. Yeah. I think that's exactly <laughs> what yeah. You can kind of see how he, he got cast. You know, he worked with Costner before in Untouchables. So. Right. You, you can see how these people get hired, know each other, and their agents know each other. And... But also, it's just good casting. I mean, the Kevin Costner thing's weird casting. Well, they were originally going to have him be... Uh, Sean Connery was going to play uh, Robin's father, but then he was like, look, I played too many dads. What a throwaway. I don't know, man. I like him as King Richard. Right? Even though small, I mean, they're both about the same page, page length in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He saw that scene with the dad. And he's like, I'm not fucking reading that letter. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that VO shit. His performance is really good. He's very theater. You know, he's very like old school British actor. Um, I like it. The dad, yeah, yeah. I just hated that view. Fucking Duncan. Henry. <laughs> 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 oh, hold on. Can we talk about the cinema, the, the lighting here? Uh, like that. That's one of those moments with the dad when he goes out and faces uh, the sheriff of Nottingham. Join us. Yeah, like join us. The wide die. shots are beautiful. That's oh, excellent. But the coverage on the dad, like 
why do they do this thing where they just they have this this blinding white light coming from doors at nighttime? That's the inner. That was the fucking chandelier, bro. What did it fall on the ground? <laughs> no, you. Th- there's some really weird, inconsistent, strange lighting in this movie. Like when they think that Robin. Oh wait, wait. wait. No one thought Robin was dead. Oh, I know the and Christian. Then, and, and then and then he comes out of a fucking spaceship. <laughs> yeah, what was that? This like weird like uplighting that's like you know coming through the mist that looks. That's all behind him. It's and he's all behind just him. In silhouette. And, yeah, and then it's so much that. His shadow is cast upon the uh, fog in front of him, so he's chasing his shadow up. Where the fuck is this light coming from? Back in the day, no light like that. It's very, it's just That's weird. very strange. It's a, it's very stylized, but it's, it, I don't know. It makes no well, that, sense. Okay, so no, that was his ghost coming back from the dead. You know, that, that was his resurrection moment. Wow. I thought his, like, supposed death scene was weird, too, because he's just swinging across. And then he falls... Yeah, and then you get the close-up of his medallion. His medallion fell off. Yeah, and then it's just like, oh, cut, we're out of the battle scene. I'm like, well, I didn't get to see the resolution for any character, and yeah, I don't know. And for some reason in this movie, they they build really... Yeah, that was weird. They they were like, how are we going to... That felt like they're going to figure it out, like how to come out of it. But uh, ropes are are really weak in this world. They they could build these, like, four-inch ropes, and then uh, he can cut it with a pen knife. You know, when he's doing the chandelier thing, which is really great, though. He, he comes like, you know, the sheriff's running in and he like grabs the rope and like cuts it with a butter knife and then like <laughs> and flies up into the ceiling. And he's like, Luxley, I'll cut your heart out with a spoon. And he just goes, then it begins. I, I just that I don't understand that. Like, that's not your that's not the response to I'm gonna cut your heart out with a spoon. He's like, so it begins. He's like, then it begins. And like, no, he's like, great. He's like, fuck yeah, like, bitch. Nobody has ever told you once in your life that they're gonna come at and get your heart with a spoon, bitch. Nobody has ever said that to you. You don't say, so it begins. It's then it begins. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I liked just, that. Uh, I, I just like he's just like, all right. Like, he, he, it's up. There's something playful about it. I'd like the moment and. Costner delivers the line good enough that I don't really think about. When you stop and think about like this fucking dialogue and some of the scenes, man, some of the dialogue is kind of shitty. It's just like oh. no. I wrote down one line though uh, that I really liked. Um, they're all terrible. Yeah, no, there are magical lines in this movie. Um, well, well, let's calm down. <laughs> when they're being chased after leaving Marion's, uh, like uh, her her castle. And they're going into the woods, and like Duncan's like, uh, we can't go into Sherwood Forest. The woods are haunted. And he goes, uh, either we take the chances with the ghosts, or we become ghosts ourselves. And it like, <laughs> I love that line so much for some reason. Yeah, his delivery is really strong. Well, you don't like that? Yeah, you think it's, it's a little right. hokey? Yeah, well, I mean, that's hokey in the right way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I I, th- I think you can be that kind of hokey in an adventure film. I think it's really good. They do it in Indiana Jones movies. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't knock it there. I'm not going to knock it here. Touche. I mean, as long as you're having fun, you know? This movie's pretty fun. It, it is. I, it's it's really slow, though, man, until the forest battle. That's a long time. I know. It's kind of slow, and it's a little uneven, but I feel like once once it gets to the invasion out in the, the trees, I, it just picks up its pace, and it, everything feels like it's it's in the right spot then. Maybe you're just accustomed to the pace by that point, and you're, you're more invested because you have you've had more time. Man, I just feel like those Alan Rickman scenes stand out and don't really fit in the movie. Which version? Either one, really, because Alan Rickman seems so like separated 
from all the all the action in the film. And it just feels tonally so different. You know what I mean? Like, Kevin Costner's stuff seems... All the Robin Hood and, and the heroes, they're going through heavier stuff. You know? And it, it's it's more sentimental. Like, there's the... There, we waste, like, a whole, like, I don't know, five, six minutes of the movie with a birth of Little John's son. That's so they could trust, you know, Morgan Freeman's character. I know. We're having all these... It's a little bit more serious, you know? There's not so much of the camp. There's some moments that are funny, What's the scene? but it's not so campy. When the little girl comes up to Morgan Freeman at the, at the camp right before the birth scene? That's in both versions. I was about to ask, because I, I, I know the little girl comes up and says, Why did God paint you? And he says, you know, uh, Allah is, you know, something about all colors. Yeah, God or, likes a big a, variety. A, a variety of colors. Yeah. Okay, I thought the scene cut there. And then it, it does it, in the theatrical. And version. then okay, cool, because because when when the uh, Friar Tuck comes over and he's like, "You shut your devil tongue" and all that, I think that having that line in there, which I thought not acted extremely well, there was something off about it, and maybe it was off because I didn't I knew that it wasn't in the original. Because when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's new." Um, <clears throat> I think that really does help the birthing scene for when he busts in, which is in the original, when he busts in and he's like, he's like, you, you know, you can't let him do this. And he's like, this is on your head. I fucking warned you. He's a heathen. Yeah. Or barbarian. Yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah. Yeah. He's a savage, sire. It does help that scene. It's just like, why, why, why it, waste time on that scene, you know, at all? Like, there's so many moments in the movie where they've already called out that, you know, not everybody's accepting of Morgan Freeman. You know, but they learn to like, uh, what is it? They're passing around the mead. His English hospitality changed so much. in you know, five yeah. years. And he's like, well, look, I'm not going to drink anyway. He's like, he's like, he's like but he's a savage sire. No more than you. And, no more than you and the rest of us are. It's like, look, come on. You guys are all out here shitting in the woods, man. Okay. Come on. Right. I think I saw a dolly track in that shot. Oh, for real. Yeah. Like, uh, so the opening of that scene, the opening of the scene, uh, we're up in the trees. We're on, we're in a crane. And we're shooting down into the scene. Uh, little John is up in a tree in the top right of the frame. And if you yeah. look just past him, like past uh, him over there, you could see somebody standing waiting to walk into the scene. And they do as they start to come into the scene. But there's a dolly track laying on the ground uh, just past the trees going up. And I thought it was a set of stairs or something, but I rewound and looked at it. And I was like, that's a man-made piece of thing. And it looks like a dolly track to me that's just laying offset. And it's just like up you would never see it unless you paused it and like looked at it but like I was like ah, I pulled my eye to it oh man <laughs> it happens it I mean, does happen no no one's ever gonna see it or care you know who cares you just saw it I saw it yeah you're, you're just breaking your whole th- <sighs> you're breaking your whole theory here Jared no one's gonna see it except for you <laughs> and now everybody that we just told uh <laughs> yeah that's okay though that's our job our job is to judge things that are over 30 years old and hold them to a higher standard. Uh, mm, ouch. <laughs> I, think, I think we're pretty good about assessing things for, uh, you know, their time period. At least we tried to be. The whole point of the yeah. internet is for porn and for nerds to get together and bitch about things. And that's what we do. Hey, you know, we do, do a couple attaboys, too. You know, we got to do some attaboys. I'm throwing a lot of love out for this movie. But, you know, it's a popcorn movie. What else you got in your notes over there, B-Rod? Uh, not much, man. I think we've talked it out. I think we have. I mean, the, the score is amazing. Cinematography is pretty solid. Editing's editing's a little uh, in times. Great perform, memorable performances. I do believe. I love the shot of uh, 
fire behind Kevin Costner oh, as he's man. letting the flame arrow oh, let's, go. Okay, let's talk about that scene. We haven't even talked about that scene. That is, that's a sexy shot. I know it's a poster, but it's so sexy. Um, Friar Tuck fills a bunch of beer barrels with gunpowder that Morgan Freeman makes. Which like, they don't really, they, they, they really don't explain how he knows how to do that, or 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 has the ability to make so much, or how the fuck did they make all that, all the armor and and the arrows? Where, where did they start mining ore? How long? That montage must have been like eight months. Yeah, I mean, it's, or, or it, like a year. It's gotta, it's gotta be at least a couple months because uh, Alan Rickman keeps waiting for the barons to come back, and he's like, oh, I gotta fucking pay these motherfuckers off, but Robin Hood keeps stealing the fucking money. And and the and the scar on his face heals. You know, you get the yeah, line that's true. and all that. So that that shows time. But I love it when Kevin Costner stops and looks at the statue. And the statue, and he's like, <laughs> "It's brief." I love that, and I love they don't cut oh. in on it. They just let it happen. That's yeah, a moment. no, that is great. But okay, so so they're building the. They get the gunpowder. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so they bring they bring they they bring gunpowder and they set it in strategic places all around the the place, and then they put one up. Where the people are being hanged. Yeah, yeah. They put a... Yeah. A that doesn't make any there. sense. Why would they blow one up with all the people they're trying to save? Oh, uh, well, I thought they were... <laughs> I thought they were trying to put it toward the back, so they were just going to blow that... Uh... No, he placed it. He, like, set it up there. He, like, set it, like... Yeah, but wasn't... wasn't he's, there... like, he's like, get this shit out of here. And yeah. then they left. No, he placed the one they wanted to place there, which doesn't make any sense why they would place one there. But didn't the, the, didn't the hangman come over there and chase him off, though? Yeah, but... No, no, no. After he'd already placed it, though. They they purposefully put put that one there. Did they get to finish? I think so. They no, they took it off and they they were about to leave. I mean, it doesn't matter because Christian Slater's head gets put on it anyway. I know, which so. is great. And he's like, "There's always room for one more." <laughs> oh, dude! And when he and fucking he like, oh, drills on it, yes, oh dude, man, that is so fucking it. That is the grossest fucking thing. That and the horse shit. Oh, when he starts rubbing the horse shit on himself. Yeah, well, they, they, you know that's fake horse shit. But you know this is real spit dude, coming out of this motherfucker. It doesn't mouth. matter, man. Like the steam coming up from that horse oh, shit stills it. Sells it, dude. I love the steam and polish shit. It's so funny. It's good, man, and it's nasty. It's it's excellent. But the spit is gross. Oh, you you think that was planned, or that just happened? Like you just like oh, can you imagine just being being an actor and just like not expecting that, and just all of a sudden like oh, man, yep, there goes that guy's loogie right up my cheek. Uh, when I was uh, in, when I was in high school, Brian, I did uh, our town, and I got had to I got to play. Um, Mayella's uh, dad, the the girl who you know. <laughs> Anyways, I got to spit in Attic- Atticus Finch's face on stage in front of people for multiple nights, and it was excellent. Oh, did you actually did you, did you I, let I, it go? Oh uh, yeah, I put I put Vaseline in my, mouth, in my mouth so I would have a big glob, and so you could see it, like you know, so you'd be able to see it out in the audience. Well, that, that's nice for the audience. Oh, dude, I, I, I bet you that motherfucker appreciated the shit out of that. <laughs> I vividly remember seeing the, the, the particles hitting his glasses. That's so gross, man. Ugh. And people are like, ooh. And like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you actually spit on that motherfucker. you damn right I did. Welcome, welcome, to, the, welcome to the theater. <laughs> Jerry's like, we're doing this shock value here. <laughs> ooh, that man spit on him. Oh, um... Yeah, uh, what were we talking about? I don't remember, I don't but it has, to do, it has something to do with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh yeah, we were talking about that guy spitting on him. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Um, are we at the rating here? I think we are, Brian. Yeah, I don't really have a lot else to say about this, man. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll give it a six point five. That's really strong. That's really strong. I was going to give it a six, but I'll, I'll, I'll see your six point five. I think that's good. Yeah, 
But the music's really good. Uh, the music makes the film. The, yeah. mu- the music elevates the movie. The music is, is what brings you back for more. Like, it, it's great. Alan Rickman's a lot of fun. I mean, I know I've said his stuff feels different, but... He kind of makes the movie. He Yeah, he is the best one in it. He won uh, a supporting uh, actor BAFTA. Really? For this? For this. Good. He he's, got a, he's got a great accepted speech where he goes up on stage and he's like, well, this will remind me that uh, subtlety isn't always the right way to go. <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. But it's pretty funny. You should watch it. Uh, very short speech. Um, but yeah, he's he's really great. He's really strong. Um I like the end of this movie a lot. It feels like a really fun adventure movie. Yeah. When it gets to the end, I get the feels. I don't know about the jokey rapey stuff, though. Like, that really went over my head when I was a child. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, but watching it this time, you know. But it is fucking hilarious, dude, when he splits her legs apart. Yeah. <laughs> dude, like, when, 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 the, uh, when the fucking the witch, like, slaps her, and he's like, that's my wife, crone. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That's excellent. You know, uh, I don't know how I feel about laughing There's some weird shit though. happening yeah. in that sequence. Like, the door's locked. Dude's banging, he can't get in, but somehow the witch can enter and exit the room. Well, she's got all those hidden, like, uh... Passages? Well, yeah. She's, well, I don't, I don't know if she's got hidden passages. I mean, she's got she, poles. Yeah, she got, she got so ways she to walk through walls. Which, they cut all that out. All that's added in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, yeah, added. I was watching, I was like, they're, they're pushing in on these holes, or they're showing all these holes. I don't remember seeing this. This is... So all that's new. And that's really creepy when, like, you find out, like, she's kind of watching him have sex with all these witches, and she's the mom? Yeah. It's kind of weird. And I I like his realization of that. that, Is that why he was so freaked out? He's like, oh, man. No, he realizes. Yeah, he's like, well, uh, he's like, what? Yeah, that that was his moment. Yeah. I was wondering why he's so... He realizes what she's been doing. She's been walking, you know, not only fucking all these witches, he's been in there jerking off. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> Those two different colored eyes. Oh. Yeah, she's in there breaking blood eggs and like. <laughs> I don't know how I got the green color out of this eye? I'll tell you how it went white, Sunny. <laughs> Ooh, I've seen our deaths. Man, that's rough. Um, yeah, you got anything else? No, man. I think I think we've talked this one out. <laughs> Thanks, John. There you go, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for us tonight. We're the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word. Because we like to make it as difficult as possible. You know, somebody took the regular crew. We've talked about this. I mean... It's about time for me to send them another email. Yo, what the fuck is up? Relinquish this address. (laughs) Or at least send me all the emails that you've gotten. I wonder if that motherfucker, like, just gets He just reads them. He just deletes them. (laughs) He's like, what? What? What, what is this, this movie crew podcast thing? <laughs> you guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Give us ratings, reviews, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Jared, where can they follow you, man? You can find me on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, Instagram at Check the Gate, and my other fine podcast, Torror Stories, on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a like and review. You guys can follow, follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. <laughs> Uh, are we going to close out with the Brian Adams? Yes! <laughs> Please! <laughs> Alright guys, we're going to be playing track number nine from the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack titled Everything I Do. I'll do it for you, Brian. 
And we didn't bring up that this was, they actually bring this in, in the score during parts of the movie. And they just, oh, yeah. they give like tiny, they, ne- they never finish the full phrase. They just kind of give a little, uh, just put it in there and move on to something else. And they kind of modulate it. Like it's in a slightly different key. So it's a little, it, they, they do some neat shit, man. You do. I, I liked how that the silhouette boat scene is shot. I do like that. I know it's like smoke out the ass everywhere, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nice. It's, it, you know, little cheesy, little Hollywood romance going on, but it's good.
Brian, I want you to imagine <laughs> all the kids' first kisses in, 90, in the early 90s to this song. Oh, dude, this is like uh... this is like the slow dance. You know, when, when you're at the dance and everybody's all, you know, like uncomfortable and shit. And then they put this on and you come up to somebody and you're like, would you like to dance? And they're like, yeah. Hey, uh, can you can you hold my hips and we'll we'll stand and like we're just a gonna foot sway apart. back and forth. <laughs> oh, young love, man. <laughs> Here we go. Everything I do, do it for you. <laughs> and I love at the end he goes, oh, there's no love like your love. <laughs> Oh man! And no other could give my love. Damn, bro, you're going all out. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, this is your jam. This is my jam back then. All right, I think I'm ready, Brian. <laughs>